This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. Hey, it's Glenn, and I want to remind you, peace of mind is tough to come by these days unless you have a Liberty Safe. With a Liberty Safe, you won't worry when you leave the house because you'll know your valuables are protected. And right now, you can get free delivery to your home on any Liberty Safe. Go to LibertySafe.com for factory direct pricing. LibertySafe.com, made in the USA, lifetime warranty, and peace of mind. LibertySafe.com. Hello, America, and welcome to the Glenn Beck Program. Well, the GOP convention um, started yesterday. It was quite a spectacle, and right in the middle of it uh, was Mike Lee. Mike Lee. We're going to talk to him coming up in just a few minutes, and our uh, Blaze reporters who are down on the floor today on what to expect today. And there is a, a, a controversy going on over Melania Trump's speech yesterday. Donald Trump needs to fire somebody today. Um, I think Melania Trump was absolutely set up by somebody. Um, (laughs) The details, if you don't know this yet, the details coming up next. of entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Let's let's go right to Mike Lee, who was so good and so reasoned yesterday, and I think, in a way, helping the GOP, but the GOP was too stupid to see it. Welcome to the program, Senator Mike Lee. How are you? Doing great. Thank you very much, Glenn. Um, thank you yesterday for your leadership. Thank you for your well-reasoned leadership yesterday. Um, explain, explain what happened yesterday just on the way it could have helped Donald Trump and the GOP in, in, in all kinds of ways, and they shot themselves in the foot. The first thing you do at a convention, at a Republican national convention, is to adopt a set of rules that will govern the convention. We had asked for a vote, a roll call vote among all the delegates, to make sure that we had a clear picture of which set of rules the delegates favored. Apparently that was too much for the powers that be within the RNC, and they shut that down. They instead... Uh, delayed the whole convention by four hours so they could whip against the rules changes that we wanted, so they could whip against the states that had called for a roll call vote, and they shut down the effort. So these people who had traveled hundreds or even thousands of miles, like me, these people who had taken time off work and away from their families, uh, were silenced. They were not heard. And I think that was unfortunate. It was unfortunate for the party. It was even unfortunate for Mr. Trump who could have benefited from having uh, genuine unity as opposed to the contrived, coerced sort of unity that was achieved yesterday. Okay, so let me, let me go through a couple of things. First of all, this is exactly what the GOP did to Ron Paul a few years ago. You would have let Ron Paul speak, and it would have been over. 
It would have just been fine. And everybody would have gone away. Instead, they took the grassroots and they slapped them in the face. Then the um, then this year, <clears throat> in a vote that was almost identical to what happened on the stage with the Democrats when they wanted to keep God in the platform, but people were saying, no, we don't want him in the platform. And they voted three times. And then they were like, oh, well, you know what? The chair hears that the eyes have it. And it was so clear it wasn't. What you guys were proposing in the rules, one of the things was a vote of conscience, which means you could unbind the delegates. There is, in your estimation, uh, Mike, was there any way that Donald Trump was not going to make, with unbound delegates, his... Uh, 1237. Uh, almost zero chance. And, right. and, and look, you're exactly right. That was one of the things in the rules, one of many things that uh, needed to be reformed in the rules. And no, there, there was almost zero chance that Donald Trump was going to walk away as anything other than the nominee. And in fact, it is arguable, Glenn, that he might have walked away with more votes yes. uh, after unbinding than he will get with binding. Because, you know, delegates, many of them now see him as he is, as the presumptive nominee. A lot of them who were bound to somebody else probably would have voted for him. This actually hurt Donald Trump, and it definitely hurt the party. And it set a very bad precedent for allowing exactly the kind of governance that we don't like in our government and the kind of governance we should never have in the Republican Party, which is that top-down, dictatorial type of ordering and structuring and establishment of rules. Mike, in the rules, was there not also, that was squashed yesterday, uh, was there not also a rule that there would be more delegates uh, going to states with closed primaries, to encourage states to close their primaries? Yes, there were also some rules that would have given states that closed their primaries an advantage, a bonus, a 20% delegate bonus. What this means, Glenn, is that those states that say, hey, we're not going to let Democrats vote in our primaries. We're going to keep this about Republicans. We're going to maintain the existence of our party as a political party. Those states would benefit. And so that, too, would have benefited the party. That, too, would have led to the election of better candidates more conservative candidates, I believe, and candidates that are more electable as Republicans, whether you're talking about at the top of the ballot or at the bottom of the ballot or somewhere in between. So everybody lost yesterday. Everyone who loves the Republican Party lost yesterday as a result of this. Okay. So um, yesterday, the GOP um, went back. They suspended the votes for a while They went back and they twisted some arms and, quite honestly, I think bribed um, these uh, state parties to take their name off of the roster of of challenging it. And so they took, what was it, D.C., Maine, and a third one, um, and I I think probably gave them more GOP support or more staff or whatever for the next election um, to get them to throw in uh, with everyone else. This significantly hurt um, Donald Trump, I think, as uh, giving him an opportunity to look as like a uniter. And it wasn't, and maybe I'm wrong, you'll know, I don't think this was Donald Trump's call. This was the party's call, wasn't it? Absolutely. This was not Donald Trump's fault. 
this was the party's fault. Mm-hmm. And frankly, uh, Do- uh, Donald Trump is owed an apology by the party. And by the party, I don't mean the delegates. I don't mean the rank-and-file members of the party. I mean by the top-level management. I mean by Reince Priebus. They should apologize to him because you're exactly right, Glenn. This hurt Donald Trump. Donald Trump would have emerged from this stronger had they uh, had the delegates been given an opportunity to do exactly what they were there to do, which is vote on the rules and decide what kind of party we want to be, how we want to operate. That's what delegates are there to do. And the and rules they really squelched that debate. And the rules that would have changed for 2020 would have actually helped the grassroots candidates, would they have not? Yes. Uh, in 2020 and 2024 and in every election after that, you see, because once rules take effect, they tend to have enormous staying power. They, they tend to stick. And so this will affect us for a long time to come. And unless there's some major course correction, we're stuck with some rules that create much more of uh, top-down management. And when you have top-down management, you disenfranchise the rank-and-file, the grassroots activists out there, the people who really are the lifeblood of the party. Look, we can't win elections in November, not this November, not in any November, without these people. We need these people. They were disenfranchised yesterday, and it's a big loss for all of us. So yesterday, the news was reporting that um, uh, there were people uh, like Kasich, and I heard um, they said, and possibly Ted Cruz, uh, they were being called traitors, uh, and they were be call, uh, being called dishonorable um, because they are um, not helpful. I know that Ted Cruz is supposed to speak tomorrow night. Uh, I don't. I will be extraordinarily uh, disappointed and disenfranchised from him if he endorses Donald Trump. That doesn't mean he should get on stage and say anything bad. I, I would love to see a way to unite people um but without principles i don't know how to do that does there's rumor now that the uh delegation his delegates are going to walk off the floor on thursday um be in in protest not of trump but in protest of not allowing the conscience vote i know that ted i'm assuming ted would have turned that down because i've talked to ted if you know if 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 they would have said, hey, we want to have a floor fight, I think Ted's smart enough to know, well, I don't have the numbers for a floor fight, and it's over for 2016. How does he manage this now to where his people could look like massive spoilers, but yet not endorse Donald Trump? He's between a rock and a hard place. Yeah, he certainly is. Um and, you know, he's in, he's in a tough spot. There's no question about that. I, I'm convinced that he's going to figure out uh, the approach that's right for him, that's right for the conservative movement, that's right for the party, and that hopefully will create a better future uh, for our party down the road. These are difficult waters to navigate. There's no doubt about that. But this, again, Glenn just reemphasizes the point of uh, what a lost opportunity this was yesterday. And how unfortunate it is that so many people chose to mischaracterize the floor vote yesterday as a sort of sour grapes moment. There, there were people who were yelling things like sour grapes, sore loser. It, this, this was not about Ted Cruz. It was not about trying to uh, take a nomination away from Donald Trump. This was about an honest debate within the party about how we're going to govern the party. 
Um, Senator Lee, do you, do you want to take a moment to warn Senator Cruz to not plagiarize any of your speeches tonight when he goes on stage? Hey, look, as far as I'm concerned, guys, uh, Ted Cruz can plagiarize any speech of mine. In fact, uh, Ted, I, I, I hereby assign you all right title and interest that I might have to anything I've ever said. He's free to use it. Oh, is he trying to put the audience to sleep, Mike? <laughs> yes, 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 exactly. Yeah, that's a fair point, Glenn. I, I walk right into that one. The, the only interest he would ever have in doing that is if he, you know, the audience were experiencing insomnia and he wants well, to Well, I mean... He, maybe he could stop reading Green Eggs and Ham and start reading uh, your speeches to his kids. Look, Glenn, Green Eggs and Ham has its strong points, even right, in uh, American political right. discourse. But so Don't does our next that. Constitution, your new book. I mean, so our, does our lost Constitution. Yeah, exactly. Hey, no, yeah. no. Now, that one, on the other hand, does not induce sleep. That one, in fact, energizes you. That one is like drinking a Red Bull. Yeah, uh, uh, and, 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 and it's, it's like drinking a Red Bull, and it eliminates hair loss. Uh, it's, it's true fact. Wow. Wow, it hasn't really worked for you. No, no. It, it, for some reason, it has the opposite effect on right. the author. Um, uh, Mike, thank you so much. Um, is, is, are, are we headed towards smooth sailing for the rest of this convention? or? I, I don't know. I, I, I hope it's smoother than it has been. There was no reason for this to become uh, contentious yesterday like it was. Uh, I think it certainly could have been smooth sailing by now had we just had an honest floor debate and discussion and, most importantly, a vote yesterday. Um, whatever it is, I think it'll be less smooth than it could have been. Could, but I do uh, think it will be likely smoother than it, than it has been so far. But, you know, these things are hard to predict. Ken Cuccinelli actually took his, his badges off. And threw him on the ground and walked out for a while. I mean, he was really, really upset. Um, I think we saw. I think we saw some leaders emerge um, that have just had enough of the of the party games. Well, yeah, and you know, I, I understand the frustration. I mean, I was standing right there. They turned the microphones off. The microphones they're there for people to raise points of order, for people to make motions. They turned them off, and then, Glenn, something happened that I have never seen before. Not in five and a half years in the Senate, not uh, in, in 30 years of watching in one way or another uh, from time to time participating in um, uh, 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 rules of order, Robert's rules of order. Um, I've never seen the chair of any parliamentary body just walk off the stage, just leave and uh, abandon his post. That actually happened yesterday. The guy just walked oh. off and for like five or ten minutes. We were left just standing there. And so I, <laughs> I, I suspect I wasn't ear can when he threw off his credentials. I suspect that might have been oh, man. when it happened. Mm-hmm. Um, thank you very much, Mike. Uh, we'll talk to you again. God bless. Great to be with you. Thank you. You bet. Bye-bye. Mike Lee, who's running for mm. a re-election in the Senate. Um, and what is it? LeeForSenate.com or something if you want to get involved. I think either dot .com campaign. or .org, yeah. Okay. And his new book is Our Lost Constitution. Again, there's no reason to believe they were going to lose any of these rules votes. That's what's so amazing about it. It's not like they were like on the verge of this horrible thing to happen for Trump or for the RNC. There's no reason to believe that they were even going to lose these. It is yet again another way the GOP demonstrates they don't trust people. Yeah, They don't trust people. And they don't stand for anything. They don't stand yeah, no. for a single thing. Except they try to win. That, that's their only 
principle is to win an election, and they don't do that very well. So I want to go to what um, Stu mentioned here, the plagiarizing of speeches. We'll get to it here in a second, but I have to tell you up front, this is, uh, I, I would be shocked if Melania or Donald knew what was happening last night. We're going to play the audio of her speech last night, which I thought was great. Um, play the audio of her speech. Well, it was great because it's already had a test audience. It's called the 20, uh, 2008 convention with Michelle Obama. It was lifted word for word sections of chunk it. Of it yeah. yeah, a big chunk of it. And it's quite shocking. Um, Donald Trump needs to fire whoever was assisting his wife on that speech um, and needs to make it public because he was torpedoed. What was a good speech and a great presentation is going to be just remembered as those. Are, oh, my gosh. She's fake. She didn't mean any of those words. Horrible disservice. I don't know if it was the GOP or if he's just hired the wrong people advising her, but somebody needs to lose their job today. Now this, LifeLock. Several large national retailers are closing their doors and selling off as much inventory as possible. They're They're not just selling the inventory. They're closing their doors, but the most valuable inventory they have is your data. Customer data and the value of that is skyrocketing. Selling personal information is very lucrative. It's worth much more than the counters and everything else that they have sitting on the floor. This is where your safety of your information comes into play. Who has that information now? Identity theft is America's fastest growing crime, and that's why I have LifeLock, and so should you. They scan hundreds of millions of transactions every single second. And nobody can prevent all identity theft, monitor all transactions at all businesses. But LifeLock is the best identity theft protection available. Memberships start at $9.99 a month plus sales tax. So go to LifeLock.com. Call 1-800-440-4936. Use the promo code BECK for 10% off your LifeLock Ultimate Plus membership. 800-440-4936. 1-800-440-4936. Do you want to get away to beautiful Las Colinas, Texas? That sounds nice. Bask in an abnormally large concrete building. Sure, why not? With an inexplicable round window on top? Yeah. Have your shoulders massaged by a heavy breathing talk show host and his large manly-esque hands? Oh, well, I don't know about that. Great. What? Oh, it's okay. I don't... It will blow your mind. Oh. If you'll be in Texas and want to attend a taping of the Glenn Beck program, write us. Tickets at glennbeck.com. Massage not included. Lotion sold separately. Mercury. I am a big fan of disruptive ideas, and this year, Casper Mattresses is on the top of my list. Hi, it's Glenn Beck, and I love sleeping on my Casper mattress. Casper is an obsessively engineered mattress at an unbelievably fair price. It combines springy latex and supportive memory foams to create an award-winning sleep service with just the right sink and just the right bounce. And better yet, it breathes so you don't wake up drenched in sweat. 
Time Magazine named it one of the best inventions of 2015. In fact, it's now the most awarded mattress of the decade. Try Casper for 100 nights risk-free in your home. And if you don't love it, they're going to pick it up and refund everything. Imagine that, a company so confident that their product is what you want that they'll offer a 100% refund. Made in America, with free shipping and returns to U.S. and Canada. Get $50 off of any mattress purchase by visiting casper.com slash glen and use the promo code glen. Terms and conditions do apply. Go to casper.com slash glen, casper.com slash Glenn. Triple eight seven two seven back. This is the Glenn Beck program. And the shells are the two together. I, I want you to hear. This is the clip that is with, in, in question from Melania's speech uh, last night, which I thought was really, really good. Mm-hmm. And thought she came across really well. Um, uh, I liked it. But she has been done a grave disservice by somebody. Now listen to first the clip of Melania. I think this is both of them. This is both Michelle and Melania. Brock and I were raised with so many of the same values. Like, you work hard for what you want in life. That your word is your bond. That you do what you say you're going to do. My parents impressed on me the values that you work hard for what you want in life. That your word is your bond and you do what you say and keep your promise. That you treat people with dignity and respect even if you don't know them and even if you don't agree with them. That you treat people with respect. They thought and showed me values and morals in their daily life. Now, we have the overlapped version that we have coming up here. It is pretty stunning. We'll play here in a second. Um, The Trump campaign is saying that she wrote the speech, but when you see it word for word, side by side, uh, somebody gave her at least this. They said that she wrote it or she selected things that she agreed with. More on this in a second. The Glenn Beck Program. Glenn Beck Program. Josh in Texas, welcome to the uh, Glenn Beck Program. Hi, good morning, gentlemen. How are you? Very good. Good, good. Hey, um, I did hear uh, Matt Lauer gave an interview. Uh, he was on the Trump plane, and Melania said that she wrote the speech. Uh-huh. So it kind of seems like she might be in a sticky situation. Oh, well. Because now, I, you know, granted, I could be wrong. Um, but I'm quite confident that, that she said that she wrote the speech because she even went on to say uh, that she was not nervous uh, because she knows what's in the she knew what was in the speech. And uh, she said that she didn't have to rehearse a whole lot again because she knew what was in the speech. So, OK, well, uh, so here's what I think. Um, I, I would imagine that somebody was hired to help. 
And when I say she may have written the speech, but I would imagine some people took some fragments of some speeches, some ideas, and passed them on to her as speechwriters and helpers and said, Melania, here are some things that we, you know, that you might want to consider. And so she, you know, saw some of these ideas and maybe they came without attribution, like, don't use this, but this is Michelle Obama's speech and... You know, you, you you know you might you might like this, or she liked Michelle Obama's speech and then went and thought just changing a few words was enough to have people not notice that it was from her. That is possible. Mm, yeah, maybe this is awesome. one of the most popular speeches of first ladies ever. Uh, that's why I, I feel. I mean, again, who knows? Or maybe we'll find out eventually what actually happened. No. My my guess is. Uh, is that they probably looked at that speech as the model for her speech. So they said, okay, here, Michelle Obama 2008, that's what we want. How do we do that? And perhaps uh, while, you know, there were parts of that that were tossed around and maybe the one writer left and another one came in and they just, when you paste things into a document, you know. You don't know where it right. came from. And perhaps, like, they just got mixed up and didn't realize that that was one of the, you know, the example paragraphs and not the rewritten ones. Li- just draft after draft after draft, sometimes these things get left in. Play them together. Listen to this. The, the values that you work like, hard for what you, you want in life. for what you want in life. That your word is, that your, your, word bond. is your bond. And you that you do, do what, what you say you're going to do. Keep your promise. That wow. you treat people, that you treat people with Dignity and respect, and because we want, we want our children and all children in this nation to know that the only limit to the height of your achievements is the reach of your dreams and your willingness to work hard for them. I mean, I mean that is word for word. That is powerful. And that, now, I don't understand why their initial excuse was, "Well, it wasn't copied. Uh, it wasn't." The well, it, same. Obviously I mean, it obviously was. is. I mean, I think at this point you just say, "Look, you know, I, we don't know. We're trying to track down in the writing process where this happened. Obviously, they were looking uh, at this speech. But if at they one wanted point. it to look like she wrote it, right? And they've already set up that she wrote it, and she wrote it." She might have written Anybody it. We don't know that. anything. Do she we? I don't know anything about it. She might be very, very smart. Well, she might be, but she's not a political person. She doesn't know anything about writing. Speech. That wasn't really about politics. That was that was about who her husband was. You know this. She's, she could be first lady. You've got it. I mean, you've got it. Well, there had to be eyes on it. Oh yeah, there are eyes. There on eyes on it. it. She said she got help with it. She didn't say she wrote every word of it. She That's why she I help. think you know Donald Trump keeps saying that he hires the best people. Well, no. you obviously hired somebody that is that just did massive damage to you, massive damage. Plus, because that speech was good, a good speech last night. Yeah, and and so I watched it, and I'm like, okay, she's you know she's really good. She could be Jackie Onassis, you know, if she if if she just works on it and has those sensibilities, she could be a Jackie O, very very classy first lady. Okay, then. An hour after the speech, it's everywhere. She lifted this from Michelle Obama. And now she's being mocked and hammered. and, and, and It's look. taken the entire... You hire people to make sure that people can focus on what they should be focused on. Look at, look at how bad this was run last night. And I'm not blaming Trump. I'm blaming the people Trump either has hired or the GOP has hired. What happened last night? If you were watching Fox, Donald Trump called in while the mother of one of the guys who died in Benghazi was speaking. 
wait a minute. You don't blame Donald Trump for that one? He, he made the he was on the phone while the thing was going on. I can understand these other mistakes. You're right. I, like, I don't blame Melania Trump don't, for this at all. Like somebody don't know. in the speech writing process screwed up with this and it's their fault. But I mean, Donald Trump is a media savvy. He's the candidate. And while there's a woman, a mother on there talking making, about her, making the crowd cry. Yeah. Her son died in Benghazi. She's it's incredibly emotional. And he calls up Bill O'Reilly to say that he's the least racist person of all time. It was amazing. What, what? I've never seen anything like that. I mean, I, and, and is somebody around him, uh, you know, I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt because he's not, you know, you know how we are. Sometimes I'm, we're doing a big event and I'm doing a hundred different things and I don't know what's happening on the stage. I don't know what's happening because I'm doing other things. It could have very easily him be getting into the car and going, okay, you got to call Bill O'Reilly now. And somebody saying, no, wait, I'm watching the convention right now. They're on, tell Bill he's got to wait. Cover, take, cover the Benghazi woman. I mean, that's, that's the way you do it. So Fox, the biggest audience for this, was last night for Benghazi, for security. And he comes in and he calls over that speech, which was great. Um, then somebody else on his campaign, I don't blame it on her, and I don't really blame it on him. Somebody he has hired or the GOP hired is either wildly incompetent or a saboteur because this was a horrible mistake last night. Let's go to uh, Doc and Skip who were down at the convention yesterday um, to to tell us how things were going uh, yesterday. Hi, Doc. Hi, Skip. How you doing? Uh, we just got information. You guys are all wrong. She didn't lift it from Michelle Obama. She lifted it from Lucy Hayes, uh, Rutherford B. Hayes' wife in 1877. <laughs> it's even more similar to that one. Well, and I really wow. kind of got an, an, an Ida McKinley feel from it. It was really kind of <laughs> really? overtones, I would yeah. say. Really? Well, like maybe that, Michelle yeah. Obama uh, <laughs> lifted it from, <laughs> from Ida. Yeah. It's a, within hours, actually the day before, because we came down on uh, Sunday and we're just scouting out the routes and where everybody's going to be. The craziness already started. There were protesters constantly in different areas, different marches, just ping ponging. And it, it just it's a circus. It's like something from a, like a movie in the future, like a Mad Max or something with just everybody with their issues out there complaining and megaphones and signs. And it doesn't matter. It's not like, uh, hey, there's the pro-life people and here's the anti-life people. It's the, you know, Filipino <laughs> tilt worlds operators, you know. I mean, crazy specific issues. So what is the, um, what is the mood? I saw the cops walking towards the convention and they all got a standing ovation. Um, what is the mood on the street? Is, is there, are we past all the problems uh, yesterday just on the convention floor? Do you think we have... Is the feeling there that we are not headed towards a Democratic convention of 1968? Uh, no, I um, I believe order is going to be okay here. One thing that I have to say is the the amount of police that here is is striking. There's people from all over the country, all states, California Highway Patrol, Florida, Delaware, uh, the Carolinas, lots of police forces, and everybody has been astoundingly friendly. 
um, the cops to people and people to the cops. I mean, I actually I feel like a broken record walking around. Everybody's saying thank you for serving. You know, thanks for keeping us safe. Stay safe this weekend. And the reception from the police and uh, given to the police has been really amazing. Yeah, I don't think you're going to see any more of the the never Trump people or any of that just because the RNC headed them off. It's it's really kind of funny. All this time, people are going, "What's going to happen? Are they going to be able to do this with the delegates?" Well, you've got people that are used to controlling the party with more money and connection than these people. You don't think they saw them coming? Yeah. I mean, they, they planned well, for it. But I will tell you this. Uh, one of the uh, female delegates, um, a 33-year-old mother of five, named Kira uh, Berkland, we want to try to get her on the phone. She said she was followed into the restroom and surrounded by the pro-Trump pro uh, delegates. Mm-hmm. Um, they threatened to kill her told her to leave the state. Um, she was quite upset. We don't know if they were women that delegates or or men or both. We have no idea. We saw, um, yeah, but, I, but I saw they, the there was thing. strong arming going on. No, I saw the same thing happen uh, sitting in the stands. There were people that were, and they weren't delegates down on the floor. They were up you know, in the seats just watching, maybe alternate delegates or just people viewing. And there were some people like, you know, no, no, Trump, never Trump or whatever. And some people came over and were, just got in their face and started yelling at them. And I, I was this close saying, okay, I think security's coming. Maybe I had to say something. And then finally they separated. It was, it was very contentious. But, Glenn, I just don't think the Republican Party is going to, you know, the leadership is going to let this get away. I think they'd yeah. rather have Trump. And, and things they don't want, rather than to show us that we could actually change things. That's quite a statement. Um, well, well was... especially, too, with Hillary Clinton. And, I mean, the, uh, the uh, tr- uh, struggles that have been following her, I mean, they think that, you know, maybe we do have a Hold shot with this guy. And the, the, the poll numbers started to slowly turn. I mean, Hillary had been up by 10 points in virtually every poll. That's starting to narrow a bit. So the GOP is really, I mean, he's their guy. What was everybody? Ta- what is everybody talking about this morning in Cleveland? Uh, the most of it's Melania. Most of it's the speech. That's 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 what it's about right now. Dude, Which is troubling. And, and your thought on that is? Um, I, I it, it's too similar to not have some influence for Michelle Obama. Whether she you know had heard it and said I'm going to take pieces, or somebody wrote it for her and got it. Of course, there was influence for Michelle Obama's speech, which is incredible. You would think you would not get caught. I wouldn't be surprised at this point. I, I honestly believe, and I've, I've thought this since, I mean, last June, that all of this stuff with Donald Trump is maybe a big farce. I'm not convinced he's not going to and trying to actively torpedo his campaign. If the conspiracy theories about uh, the meeting with Bill Clinton last year is true, at this point, none of it would surprise me. <laughs> uh, Doc and Skip from the Morning Blaze. Thanks for here we are. You know, here program. we are. And here we are with this. I mean, it's amazing that that is, it seems pretty logical <laughs> you know but uh i don't know i again i don't think you, you look at all the things that happened yesterday it wasn't just uh you know uh this moment with melania trump which i, I again don't blame her for at all i don't oh. I, I doubt she had any idea that it was the same but it's like you know Joni ernst who's supposed to be this person who's big up and comer uh they put her two people after melania when everyone leaves I mean, everyone walks out. The, the convention's still going on, and three-quarters so, of the people are out the door while one of the rising stars of the party is making a speech. I put the kids down during um, uh, Giuliani's uh, speech. Last thing my son said is we were walking out, and uh, he looks at the TV, and he was like, convention's still going? I'm like, yeah. And he walks out, and he, he said, night, Dad. Enjoy the lies. <laughs> I'm like, thank you. Um, but uh, so I... I 
stopped it. I paused it on Giuliani's speech. And then it got to be like, I don't know, 1030 or something. And so I, I zoomed to the end. I just skipped to the end of the recording, assuming that Melania would be at the end. And I'm like, she hasn't spoken yet? What, how is that possible? Then they started playing clips of her um, uh, speaking, and um, they sandwiched her in. They, there's something after Melania? To put Joni Ernst after Melania makes absolutely no sense. Yeah. You're building to that. Right? And, and, this, Flynn. and Flynn as well, yeah. Right out, he was right after her. And, and he was watching people stream to the, right. to the doors. I mean, first of all, the RNC, again, and I can blame, you can blame him for this, is like, you need to make announcement after announcement after announcement. Yes. Hey, idiots, stay in your seats after this. Fun. But it is part of the issue when you base, you have a campaign based on personalities. Yeah. Um, and so, the, you know, there's, I think, six Trump family members and the head of the Trump winery are all speaking uh, this uh, this week, and, and along with no, he, a bunch of celebrities, you know, like Scott Bayo and and, and other uh, golfers and 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 Scott, uh, uh, but, you yesterday. know, underwear models, uh, things like this, as they go through literally underwear models. Yeah, it's uh, unbelievable. But I mean, when you base when you're not basing it on ideas, you're basing it on personalities. This is what happens. These people left because the only thing they were, I mean, that was what was interesting of the night. It wasn't about Joni Ernst and what she has to say about the military. It, it was about. We know, hey, Melania Trump's the main attraction. You want to, um, uh, you, you, you want to change the feel of your house. You can sell your house, buy a different house, box up your stuff, move and unpack all your stuff in a new house. Or you could just get some new blind shades, shutters, or drapes. And as, as I will tell you, because I just put some uh, drapes last year in my uh, bedroom, Stu just put shutters in his house. They completely changed the feel of your house completely. It's, it's amazing how you just dress the windows differently and the whole room feels different. Brand new custom blinds, the easiest and most affordable way to give your home a facelift. At blinds.com, they're going to walk you through the measuring and installation every step of the way. Free design consultation worth $200 free. Free samples, free shipping, and with their 100% satisfaction guarantee, there's no way you can get it wrong. Order the brand new custom blinds in minutes at blinds.com. Blinds.com. And now through August 2nd, you can save 20% on your entire order. Use the promo code BECK when you go to blinds.com. Blinds.com. Free shipping, free samples, and free expert advice. Save 20% between now and August 2nd at blinds.com. Promo code BECK. Rules and restrictions do apply blinds.com this is the glenn beck program mercury Let's go to Gabe in Montana. Hi, Gabe. You're on the Glenn Beck program. Hey, Glenn. I just wanted to say that there is no way that this speech was an accident. Um, there's a near-perfect rickroll uh, towards the end of the speech. Um, Melania says the her line is, uh, he'll never give up. And the very next, not, very next line is, he's never going to let you down. And <laughs> there's no way that was done by mistake. No way. 
Uh, I, I, I will tell you that. So what are you what are you alleging? What do you think happened? I think I think whoever wrote this speech um, was was doing a hatchet job was mm. trying to screw her, setting him up. Mm-hmm. Mm. Oh, yeah, totally I, possible. I'm, yeah, I I, I I believe anything, any scenario other than. No, it just, I mean, it just happened. I mean, they're just really close. They wrote them separately. And it was just really close. That's unbelievable. But everything else from stupid choices, wrong people advising to a sabotage. The Glenn open. Beck Program. Mercury. Melania Trump's speech last night may be the first, if you will, scandal of the GOP convention, but it is absolutely nothing compared to the list of scandals that Hillary Clinton is involved in. This week, we look back at the Clinton scandals, all of the things that Hillary Clinton has been involved in. We start today with her early years at Yale and in Arkansas. But this is just the beginning. We begin right here, right now. I will make a stand. I will raise my voice. I will hold your hand. Because we have won. I will beat my drum. I have made my choice. We will overcome. Because we are The fusion of entertainment and enlightenment. This is... The Glenn Beck Program. Shortly after Woodstock, the summer before, in New Haven, Connecticut, 1970, Yale Library. A young male law student standing in the hallway just outside the library caught the eye of a young, bell-bottom, jeans-wearing female law student, and vice versa. As the two of them stared at each other, the young woman finally got up from her studies, to which she wasn't paying any attention to anyway, and walked out to meet the young man. 24 years later, Hillary Rodham Clinton told the story of that fateful day. He was standing out in the hallway, and I just, I don't know, you know those moments, you know, sort of like click, you know, and... I was sitting there, and I just started staring at him. And then he caught my eye, and he began staring back at me. And so here I am in the library, not reading. Here he is, actually surrounded by people who are talking at him, not talking back. So finally, I thought, this is ridiculous. You know, I'm in this class with this person. And so I put my books down, and I went up, and I said, you know, if you're going to keep looking at me, and I'm going to keep looking at you, we ought to at least know each other's names. I'm Hillary Rodham. Who are you? And... He says that he couldn't remember his name. That makes me feel so good when he says that. Um, But anyway, he did sort of stumble out. I'm Bill Clinton. A few days later, perhaps with Simon and Garfunkel's Bridge Over Troubled Water playing on Bill's AM radio in his car, or more likely Edwin Starr's War cranked up to ear-shattering levels, Bill and Hillary went out on their first date. Bill Clinton 
a Rhodes Scholar who had studied at Oxford, and Hilary Rodham, a bright and radical law student who graduated from Wellesley before moving on to Yale Law, were married five years later in 1975. While at Wellesley, Hillary wrote a 92-page senior thesis, which she later suppressed while in the White House, which centered on radical Marxist community organizing activist Saul Alinsky, author of Rules for Radicals, a how-to book on achieving revolution in America. This is the book where the author gave an over-the-shoulder acknowledgement to Lucifer, quote, the very first radical. As unusual as that may seem, in 1972, in an interview with Playboy magazine, Alinsky said, quote, Hell would be heaven for me. All my life I've been with the have-nots. Over here, if you're a have-not, you're short of dough. But if you're a have-not in hell, you're short of virtue. Once I get into hell, I'll start organizing the have-nots over there. Playboy asked, why them? To which Alinsky responded, they're my kind of people. Alinsky wasn't joking. He wasn't being flippant. And it wasn't the first time he'd claimed to prefer hell over heaven, as you can hear from this 1966 interview. I suppose, given a choice, I think I would uh, pick hell. The reason I'd pick hell is because that's where all the have-nots are. Hillary Rodham interviewed Alinsky multiple times. She apparently was quite influenced by him. She did, however, find fault with some of Alinsky's methods, believing them to be ineffective. He believed that radicals should pressure the government. Hillary decided it would be much more effective to become the government. That was the fundamental difference between the two. For his part, Alinsky was so taken with Rodham, he offered her a job, which she declined. Armed with her Yale Law degree, Hillary went working as a lawyer, fighting for justice. Today, Hillary ferociously touts her lifelong record of fighting for children. Uh, one of the areas that you know, I've been particularly interested in is uh, the area of children. All of us have a responsibility to ourselves, to our children, to each other. I've spent my life fighting for children families and our country and I'm not stopping now but in 1975 Hillary fought against a 12 year old child rape victim she was appointed to defend a 41 year old man accused of brutally raping the little girl Clinton did have a job to do and she did it well she accused the child of exaggerating or even encouraging her rapist. She also got the accused rapist's bloody underwear thrown out as evidence. Hillary did such a good job defending the accused child rapist, she wound up plea bargaining. Just one year in prison for him, minus the two months time served. He served 10 months for the crime. During her young adulthood, Hillary Clinton also became enamored with an early 20th century progressive, a term she also applies to herself, named Margaret Sanger. Sanger had some fascinating ideas, like the one that was outlined in her 1922 book, Women and the New Race, where she wrote, Many, perhaps, 
will think it idle to go farther in demonstrating the immorality of large families, but since there is still an abundance of proof at hand, it may be offered for the sake of those who find difficulty in adjusting old-fashioned ideas to the facts. The most merciful thing that a large family does to one of its infant members is to kill it. End quote. In a letter to Clarence Gamble in 1939, Sanger wrote about getting black preachers to help with her efforts. Quote, we do not want word to go out that we want to exterminate the Negro population. And the minister is the man who can straighten out that idea if it ever occurs to any of their more rebellious members. End quote. During a speech in 1923, Sanger said she believed that for the purpose of racial purification... Couples should be rewarded for choosing sterilization. Sanger wanted to create the perfect human race. Quote, we want a world freer, happier, cleaner. We want a race of thoroughbreds. End quote. Margaret Sanger founded Planned Parenthood with that one goal in mind. To create racial purification. To eliminate the Negro. She was in favor of the strictest immigration policies to keep undesirables out of the country. Hillary, for her part, would eventually heap praise on Sanger in later years, such as in 2009 when she received the Margaret Sanger Award from Planned Parenthood. She spoke about being in awe of the racist eugenicist. It was a great privilege when I was told that I would receive this award. I admire Margaret Sanger enormously, her courage, her tenacity, her vision. And when I think about what she did all those years ago in Brooklyn, taking on archetypes, taking on attitudes and accusations flowing from all directions, I am really in awe of her. Margaret Sanger's vision, of which Hillary so fondly spoke, was one that was very similar to the vision of the Nazis. As Sanger herself essentially admitted, her campaign for contraception and abortion, quote, is practically identical in ideal with the final aim of eugenics, end quote. When later asked at a congressional hearing about being, quote, in awe of Margaret Sanger, Hillary Rodham Clinton said, I admire Thomas Jefferson. I admire his words and his leadership and I deplore his unrepentant slaveholding. I admire Margaret Sanger being a pioneer in trying to empower women to have some control over their bodies. And I deplore statements that you have referenced. That is the way we often are when we look at flawed human beings. There are things that we admire and things we deplore. We have for eight years followed the policy that you have described. And I think we've gone backwards. After discovering and admiring the work of so many radicals during her Ivy League years, the Clintons moved southwest. The Clintons moved back to Bill's home state of Arkansas, where he initially ran an unsuccessful campaign for Congress. Undeterred in 1976, he ran for and was elected Arkansas Attorney General. This was just the beginning. In 1978, Bill Clinton ran for governor and, at the age of 32, was elected the youngest governor the nation had seen in 40 years. Tonight, I ask all of you who have stood with me, I ask my opponents and those who have fought with them, 
in their hard-fought campaign. I ask those who have believed in me and those who have doubted to join with me in common purpose. Let us put aside our fears for our hopes. Let us trust each other and work to forge a future that will enrich the lives of our people, a future that will strengthen our traditions and our faith, a future that will make us proud that in our time we gave our best. God bless you all and thank you very much. That same year, the Clintons began a complicated and tangled personal and business relationship with James and Susan McDougall. They joined with the McDougalls to borrow $203,000 to buy 220 acres of land in Arkansas in the Ozark Mountains. They soon formed the Whitewater Development Corporation with a plan in mind to build vacation homes. The massive and tangled web of controversy and scandal ensued. It involved James McDougall briefly becoming Clinton's economic development director, a position he soon quit. And instead, McDougall bought a small savings and loan bank, which he named Madison Guarantee. He then loaned Hillary Clinton $30,000 to build a model home on a whitewater lot. In 1984, federal regulators began to question the financial stability and lending practices of Madison Guarantee along with its speculative land deals, insider lending, and hefty commissions to the McDougals and others. In 1985, McDougal held a fundraising event at Madison Guarantee to help pay off a $50,000 Clinton campaign debt. Also, McDougal hired the Rose Law Firm, where Hillary was now a partner, to do all of the legal work. In 1986, McDougal borrowed $300,000 from a company that received federal funds from the Small Business Administration to lend to disadvantaged business owners. But an investigation 10 years later alleged that they lent up to $3 million to political figures instead. In 1988, witnesses at the Rose Law Firm said that Hillary requested the destruction of Madison land contract files. From there, it just gets more complex. The scandal would continue to haunt the Clintons through the gubernatorial re-elections and all the way to the White House. The scandal was so deep and so complicated, very few people even understood it. Special prosecutors were hired by Clinton's own Attorney General, Janet Reno, but questions loomed about the propriety of the arrangement. So eventually, an independent prosecutor named Kenneth Starr was appointed. Over the next several years, tens of millions of dollars were spent on the investigation and the defense. Dozens of people were eventually charged. Fifteen were convicted. Whitewater may have begun as a legitimate real estate venture, but it came to be used to skim, directly or indirectly, federally insured deposits from an SNL and a small business investment corporation. When each failed, the United States taxpayer became obligated to pick up the tab. Eventually, the McDougals would be charged, tried, and convicted of fraud and conspiracy. The ensuing scandal would eventually even take down the Arkansas governor who succeeded Bill Clinton, Jim Guy Tucker, among others. James McDougal died March 8, 1998, just a few months before he hoped to be released from prison. The Clintons themselves were never charged. Coincidentally, other close associates of the Clintons would die along the way. <laughs> 
That and a lot more on the next installment. Glenn Beck. So uh, this leads you to believe that uh, the next chapter is going to, you know, buy into the conspiracy theory of of all the people that the Clintons killed, Pat. Um, and and what is that number up to? Uh, 103, I think. 103. <laughs> I think it's <laughs> 103. Maybe be yeah, four. Buy any of them. I don't don't try to piss Pat off or Stu <laughs> off. Uh-huh. Buy into any of them because I don't. The killings? Yeah. No. Do I buy into any of them? I mean, any of them? You mean yeah. all of them? You know, any of them. Uh, I, you know, there's some weird stuff. There's weird stuff, but I don't think... Weird, I mean, there's lots of weird stuff. Unusual explained things and a lot of dead people in their wake. But I, I don't... I, I mean, certainly they don't do it personally. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. I mean, they may have earlier when the... You know, back in Arkansas. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay. All right. Actually, I looked All right. during this whole thing. We looked. I, we looked. We looked and, hard. And it just wasn't. There's nothing. There's nothing, there's nothing, nothing substantial, substantial that you, could, that you no. sink your teeth into. There's it. enough there to make a good conspiracy theory. Yes. But there is nothing there to yes. make you say, "I think that's a good case." That's, Foster. That's, I don't think there's anything there. No, that's no, what no, they do. Man. I know. That's what they want you to. That's what <laughs> they want you to think, right, Jeffy? Uh, and now this from American Financing. American Financing, NMLS 182334, www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. So how does a company that is making home loans survive the crash of 2008? It's really easy. Um, You don't give out bad home loans. You You don't play the games that every other bank and every other mortgage company was playing. You offer qualified customers a mortgage that they can actually afford. You stay true to the values and to the principles that have always made business worth doing. And you treat customers the way they deserve to be treated. You don't treat customers the way somebody else who's paying you a commission wants you to treat. When the housing economy collapsed in 2008, American financing not only survived, it thrived. Because the mortgage consultants there work for you to get the best rate. They're not working for the bank or somebody who is, you know, uh, trying to sell that mortgage because that's what it is. You go to the bank to apply for a loan and you think they're doing you a favor. No, they want you. They're selling that to you. They're making money on that. And we look at it in a different way. Well, American Financing looks at it the way you do. They are looking and shopping for the best loan for you not having you come in and beg for table scraps and then be sold something the bank wants you to buy. 10 minutes to qualify, 10 days to close. You could save hundreds and thousands of dollars every single month just by finding the right mortgage, and American Financing can do that. Call 866-750-6551 or go to AmericanFinancing.net, 866-750-6551. America's home for home loans, AmericanFinancing.net. At our most basic level, we are all afraid of something. Progressives exploit these fears by offering us solutions based on lies and a hunger for power and control. Get the truth with Liars, a new book by Glenn Beck, available August 2nd. Pre-order now at glennbeck.com slash liars. Glenn Beck program. 888-727-BECK. Mercury. The 
program. All right, so the number one story in the world today is the Melania story. Yes. And, and you know, look, she did a great job last night, and I don't blame her. I, I think Donald Trump needs to find out, and he should have done it last night, find out who did this and fire them. Name them and fire them. Yep. Um, this is really bad, especially when you add this new piece. Okay, play the... Um, play the um, the two of them together. This is, Mich- this is Michelle Obama and uh, Melania last night. Same speech. That your word is your bond. That you do what you say you're going to do. That you treat people with dignity and respect. Word for word. We want our children and all children. I mean, almost word for word. It's it's pretty remarkable. So. My guess is is that somebody plagiarized this, and, and I could give them the benefit of the doubt, but I don't think they don't think they deserve it. And I don't blame this on Trump or Melania. Somebody plagiarized this, uh-huh. and if I want to be gracious, I'd say they gave her a piece of this and said something like this, and then it suddenly was folded into it. However, there's something that our listener brought up uh, last hour that is a really important key. Did someone leave a signature behind telling us, yeah, I did this intentionally? And somebody like Melania or Donald or even me wouldn't have known it, wouldn't have figured it out until they were pumped. We give that to you next. Get all the info you need to know at glenbeck.com. Okay, in case you don't know what Rick rolling is, if you've been Rick rolled, it, it really is more of a hyperlink thing where you think you're going in to get some video or some information. Yeah, some enticing headline right. makes you click on a video and then it's Rick Astley's never going to give you up. Okay. Uh, it's a standard thing where like it's a bait and switch thing and it's kind of funny because you think you're getting something really great and then you get this kind of... Is there a reason song. they picked uh, Rick Astley's just because it was one of the cheesy songs of the 80s? And it yeah, I think so. And it, yes, or it's so darn good. So darn good. So darn good. So it's become, you know, obviously this big internet meme over many years i think it was like 2007 or 2008 it started i think 2009 really that long ago it's been a while so uh so so it became evolved into a part where you'd what they edit together so you'd see 20 seconds of like what you're you think you want to watch and then it would switch to this at an important moment it would switch to rick astley but it's a very standard internet thing to do uh and so the accusation is the tell uh, as the caller said last hour, the tell of the controversy is not uh, the um, the blatant uh, plagiarism. The We're end. talking about Melania, Melania Trump's speech. speech. Right. Uh, the, there is blatant plagiarism. So the, I don't think Donald Trump or Melania had anything to do with it. No. I think somebody sabotaged them. And, and I didn't believe that at first until this. 
Because, you know, you could have a situation where, like, you know, we, you've had speeches before, Glenn, important speeches. You're like, you know, I want to make sure that we get a lot in there, like Peggy Noonan soaring sort of words. And we would go and we would read these old Peggy Noonan speeches to try to get inspiration. And you could see maybe a paragraph or two gets getting copy and pasted or something. These just, things just as happen. a Just as a whole, do you like this you like kind this? of thing? And maybe, you know, documents got switched and saved and sources got deleted, speechwriters changed. Who knows what could have happened? Something like that could have happened. And it could have, you know, these, these situations happen often. Um, you know, uh, so you know, in case you haven't heard, play it one more time. Here's the two of them. This is Michelle Obama and uh, the speech last night from Melania. This paragraph is is almost identical. The, the values that you work like, hard for what you, you want in life. For what you want in life. That your word is, that your, your, word bond. is your bond. And that you, you do what you, what you say, say you're going to do. Keep your promise. That you treat people. That you treat people with. Dignity and respect, and because, because we want, we want our children, children and all children in this nation to know that the only limit to the height of your achievements is the reach of your dreams and your willingness to work hard for them. Now, the Trump campaign comes out and says that she wrote this, so this is nonsense. She didn't plagiarize it. She wrote this. It just shows they have similar ideas. Right. That's not possible. No. That is the only explanation that is not possible. It, that's that's lightning striking 15 times in the same place. I mean, you can get script, and we've seen them before. You can get scripts and you can get ideas and they're close, but they're not. That's that's in the same order, the same words, 90 percent of it. There's no way a paragraph like that is 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 writing um, uh, or is is a coincidence. There's no way now. My thought was, last night, when I first found out about it, just a few minutes after the speech, um, I thought, Donald Trump, and I posted this, Donald Trump needs to fire the speechwriter or who was ever involved because I think he, had, I think this was done intentionally. No good speechwriter does that. What they've done is they've now made Melania, now imagine Let's just talk about him as a husband for a second. Somebody makes your wife out to be a fool. You know how mad you are. Imagine how mad Donald Trump is. You've just, your wife is now a global joke. and, And you could say, like Stu said an hour ago, well, maybe that didn't happen. There's lots of reasons. This, to me, is the icing on the cake. This is, not only have you just slapped Donald Trump and his wife across the face, you've poked your fingers in his check in his chest and said, and what are you going to do about it, punk? Listen to this part. He will never, ever give up. And most importantly, he will never, ever let you down. <laughs> It's amazing. That's pretty funny. So was that the writer putting that line in as a wink to us? Signature. The the people of the world. As a rickroll of, Mm -hmm. don't listen, this this is a clown show. We screwed with these people. We screwed with these people. They they don't even know we're screwing with them. Oh my gosh, is that horrible. I remember when, when, when she said that, I did not pick up the Rick Astley thing when she said it. But when she said, he will never, ever let you down, I was thinking, like, who says, like, really? I mean, every, every 
fallible person lets someone down at some point. It just seemed like one of those weird statements. It didn't feel like it, it matched the rest of the speech. And it stuck out to me, but I did not pick this up. And now people are saying, well, this this could be very well a signature from the speechwriter saying, I did this intentionally. Hey, you know, the other thing that kind of stands Ugh, wow, out. Bad. The other thing that kind of stands out is the dignity, uh, treating people with dignity and respect because children are watching or whatever it was that want to pass on those values. They, I mean, that Neither is as anti-Trump. As you and anti-Obama. <laughs> yes. And anti-Obama. They're both, they're no, but they both don't listen to people. We all know people are going to say, she's not going to come out and be like, you know, to be honest, he has a lot of big problems. Let me go over them. Yeah, I mean, that's no, not what I, oh, I thought that. To uh, throw that line out there specifically is ridiculous. While there's a Hillary Clinton Everybody knows it. ad airing that shows yes. exactly shows the, the lack of, of respect, the lack of dignity, the children who are watching him. And she uses children in the ad. See, none of that stuck out to me because... I, uh, that's what I would expect. I thought she did a very good job as a wife. I would expect a wife and a mother um, to come out and say those things. I mean, she's obviously a fan of his. I mean, you know, I would assume she's a fan of his. So, of course, she's going to say very nice things. She's going to bring out the best and what she sees. And I thought she did a great job. This, however, has taken this. It makes me feel bad, really bad for Melania. Really bad for Melania. Imagine how your wife would feel today if you were told, or she was, she was being known all around the world as someone who ripped off Michelle Obama's speech and was rickrolled <laughs> at at the nominating moment when your when your husband comes out like Michael Jackson to introduce you. Mm-hmm. And you were rickrolled. It's it's humiliating, humiliating. I, and you know, it's not right. If you have an agreement with an employer to do a job, and they are depending oh, on you, it is as much as like this is entertaining, I guess, for people to talk about. And I'm you know I'm no fan of Donald Trump here, but you, you don't do that to somebody like like that. I mean, you don't screw Everybody them over. Knows how I feel. She she. It's not her fault. She didn't do anything here. Everyone knows how I feel about Donald Trump. I would never sign on to go and speak at the RNC convention and trash him. Never. Never. I would speak out for principles, but I would never trash him. It, it is his house. He's invited you. On the, on the case of, on the case of um, um, uh, Melania, you've hired someone to come into your inner circle, that makes it 10 times as bad. And you've betrayed them in your inner circle. Imagine, imagine if one of you guys would have done that to me. Yeah. How, how, do, how would you Gosh. sleep at night? Right. And how would I sleep at night thinking you were my friend, that I, I trusted you and you did that to me? And not oh only gosh, did gosh betrayal like and it's, crazy. it's actually worse. It would be as if we, you, you, know, you hired us to come in and write a speech for Tanya and we made her right. look like the yeah, it, yeah you're right. Like it is right. worse, even worse. I mean, I, again, it, like, can you leave my wife out? What are you doing to my wife? Right, uh, that's not. It's really bad. I mean, I, they've got to know who this is, right? Of course they do. I, I, you know, maybe they have to be able to narrow it down to a few people. I mean, several hands might have touched it, but I mean, I, I got to tell you, if I were on that speech writing team, I, I'd figure out who it was that did this. I'd figure out what was right because I, I don't want people thinking it's me. And I also don't want 
if I'm, if I'm in that camp, I also don't want that ever to happen to those people ever again. And again, this is that moment where, you know, you're on the phone with the police and they say the call is coming from inside the house. I mean, oh, yeah, this, no, is this is a... This is, a, <laughs> this is bad. Who, what's happening inside your camp if this, is, if this is going on? And the other problem is, Oof. it shows that this guy does not hire the best people. He's got no clue how to do that. He doesn't do that. It's not part of his proc- well, practice. Well, I don't know. He might have hired. He might might have hired somebody really good. But I mean, you know what this is? Here's what this is. Do you remember the photographer? Yeah, you're right. The photographer yeah. that took pictures of me and lied to my it's face. Just bring that up. Yeah. And she's a very good photographer. And she was hired by GQ. Uh, I wasn't allowed to use George Lang. It's the last time. Last time. I don't. I, I'm sorry. George Lang takes the photos of me, period, because of this woman. She, um, she's a great photographer. I wasn't aware of her background because my staff let me down and didn't really fully vet her. Jeffy. Yes. Um, didn't really fully vet her. It wasn't so hard to figure out who she was. She was a massive leftist. She did this to McCain, too. She did it to McCain. Two years later, three years later, she's in my office. I don't know her, but I've seen her work. Not attached to McCain. She takes beautiful photographs. She said um, uh, they were doing something on a, uh, a, a concert tour, a comedy tour that I, were doing, I was doing. Yeah. And she said, you know, comedy, it's, you're doing crying and now you're doing laughing. We thought, GQ thought that they would do the two masks of, of stage, comedy and, and crying. She said, can you make yourself cry? And I said, no, if I could do that, I would... You know, I, I, I would be much richer and I wouldn't be in this business. Um, and she said, uh, oh, well, you know, the secret is, is you put Vicks under your eyes. And I said, okay. And she said, so if you wouldn't put, and I said, I didn't trust her all of a sudden. And I should have gone with this instinct, but I always try to believe the best in people. And I said, I, for some reason, don't think this is what GQ is going to do. She said, no, Absolutely. And I just looked at her. She's like, no, really, absolutely. They're into the mask, the happy and sad right. mask face, right? Yeah, they wanted me crying and laughing. Mm-hmm. And, um, and she had taken, she's like, okay, laugh. And so I laugh and she takes a bunch of those shots. Now we have to get the crying. And I said, I don't know if I should trust you. And she said, what? of course. I mean, this, that's what they asked for. I said, okay, I don't know you, but I know your work. And I believe you're an artist. And in some kind of uh, sweeping up after the elephants kind of way, I'm an artist too at what I do. I take my craft seriously. I know you take your craft seriously. I respect you. If you'll give me your word that you're telling me the truth, okay. Oh, absolutely, I give you my word. Little did I know she was videotaping the whole thing. And that's where that... Glenn Beck makes himself cry with Vicks video comes out. Mm-hmm. Um, and I got to tell you, I had never felt more betrayed by anybody because I let them in on my inner circle. Right. That woman today, I would take apart if I saw her again. Imagine that's me. Imagine if somebody would have done that to my wife or your wife or anybody's wife, like they just did to Melania Trump, Donald Trump, needs to set an example and fire whoever it was that helped her. This is clearly a hatchet job by somebody. 
And so to end your story, by the way, they ju- they did not do the happy the happy oh, no, no, sad no, it had face nothing to do with it. They just put a picture of Glenn crying and then released a video acting like he manufactures tears all the time by putting Vicks under his eyes when it was a photo shoot where they specifically requested he did this. Yeah. Uh, and by the way, and uh, edited the video so they took out all the other stuff that all I the said, laughing all, and all the questions, all the questions, yeah. me talking to her. They just put the Vicks part on because they so didn't you know. like your politics. Correct. And, and it's she funny said, because now people who say that they're Republicans and conservatives continually post that video when they, Oh yeah. Like and that say. picture. And oh, look at Glenn. Too. How he yeah, cries. That, cares. That's that's the, the 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 Trump people now are using that, and here you are uh, drawing attention to that story because you're defending to defend Donald Trump, Donald Trump and Melania. Mm. Uh, and now this: any more vacation plans before the end of summer? Home burglaries skyrocket in the summer. Big security companies lock you into a contract, and they do it for years, and they charge you forty, fifty, or sixty dollars a month for the monitor, and they say they're going to give you the home security system for free. You just have to stay with them for a few years at high prices. Why would you do that? Because the system is, A, outdated technology, um, not the highest technology. It's way overpriced for what you're going to end up paying just in the monthly fees. You don't own it. You can never get out of the contract or somebody else is going to come in and say, hey, well, I'll put in a new security system uh, for you and you don't have to pay for it. You just pay this monthly fee. Why do that? Own the system. The brand new, highest level technology, all wireless, simply safe. And the monitoring is $14.99 a month. And there's no contract. You're in control of your wallet. You're in control of your life. You're in control of your protection. For the protection we trust, go to simplysafebeck.com. Get an exclusive 10% off right now. It's simplysafebeck.com. Save 10%. It's simplysafebeck.com. The Glenn Beck Program. Stream the show live on iHeartRadio or listen later on SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Play Music. Mercury. Clinton, I, 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 I could not take yesterday. I could not take it uh, with what she was saying at the uh, NAACP. Oh, good. And, and you know, they, they were, the, the left was saying, and the media was saying today, they can't believe they would put the, uh, we can't believe the GOP would put the Benghazi mother up there and exploit her death. Um, Stu, can you tell me who's going to uh, the uh, DNC convention next week? Uh, Michael Brown's mom? I oh. Yeah. Michael Brown's mom. I wonder if they will talk about the exploitation of Michael Brown's death. One has a direct correlation to the presidency. And will they One tell, doesn't. Will they tell the truth. No. The, the police were exonerated from that. Right. It, it, nothing. No. I mean, it won't. was tragic, but. Correct. They're only exploiting that for more, for more trouble on the street. Really You bad. have to stand by our cops. Please really stand by our cops. This is assassinations. I told you the only thing left from 68 to happen were assassinations. God forbid they're coming. That's what these are. These are assassinations. The Glenn Beck Program. Mercury. 
All right. The Democratic Party continues to fan the racial tensions. We want to tell you, give you an update on the um, police that have been assassinated. And let make no mistake, that's what is happening, assassinations in our country. And uh, Paul Manafort has just come out and given a, a presser on the debacle with uh, Melania Trump's speech. It is, it's clearly a hatchet job um, done on Melania, and he needs to fire the speechwriter. But um, I, I haven't heard this audio. It just came out. Apparently, they're now saying Hillary Clinton is to blame. This should be interesting. Here we go, right now. I will make a stand. I will raise my voice. I will hold your hand. Cause we have won. I will beat my drum. I have made my choice. We will overcome. Cause we are The fusion of entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Here is Paul Manafort on Melania Trump and the plagiarism and the rickroll that happened to her last night, which was shameful, whoever did this to her. Um, Listen to the response now this morning. Who's the fault for cribbing Michelle Obama's speech in 2008? Whose fault is that? Well, there's no cribbing of Michelle Obama's speech. These were common words and values, and she cares about her family, uh, that uh, things like that. I mean, she was speaking in front of 35 million people last night. She knew that. Uh, to think that she would be cribbing Michelle Obama's words is, is crazy. Uh, I mean, it's so. Okay, stop, I mean, this stop, is stop, once stop. again. Play, play that. There's no way. It, let's be honest. Is let's listen to it with fresh ears. Is there any way? that someone could come this close to not ripping it off. And I'm not blaming Melania for doing it. The values that you work like, hard for what you, you want hard in life. For what you want in life. That your word is, that your, word is your bond. Mm-hmm. That you do, do what, what you say, say you're going to do. Keep your promise. That you treat Why? people, that you treat people with dignity and respect. And because, because we want, we want our children and all children in this nation to know that the only limit to the height There's no way. There's no way. Look. It's almost exactly you could the same play, words. It's not just the same words. It's the same order. Yeah. It's same, the same list. The same it's the same conclusion. Yeah. There's just no way. No way. There's no way. No. This is a stupid way of handling it. This is it's foolish. Like, they always handle it in the Trump campaign. This is it what it is do. very typical of the way they've handled these things. They just essentially deny it and assume most people won't check. But I mean, like, you know, you know what? Obama would do this. It's worked for Hillary Clinton for years, so why not? Obama and Deval Patrick, there was this controversy back in the day where he basically lifted an entire speech or big chunks of it from Deval Patrick. And when people asked him about it, he's like, well, yeah, he's my friend, and I thought it was a great speech, and he helped me, you know, he helped me write. And Deval Patrick said, you can take anything you want. Exactly. So it went away because they just kind of, you know, I mean, it was worse as far as plagiarism goes than this, um, but they just sort of admitted it. Um, where, you know, this, I don't, why this the is denial? Gonna go, the this denial is, is ridiculous. Really ridiculous. And why quite honestly, it shows that they either, and I, I can't believe, that, I really can't believe this, that they either are so arrogant or so stupid that they thought they could just rip it off and get away with it and they think this will just go away. Or... They don't believe that they have somebody in their midst that would sabotage them. 
Both of those are bad scenarios because I don't think, I don't think anybody in the campaign knowingly did this. There's no way. Now, there, you can make a case that it was a mistake, that somehow or another some people were helping, and you can make the case, but then when you add the Rickroll thing, play the Rickroll in case you don't know what this is. It's like a signature. And most importantly, he will never, ever let you down. I mean, so it's like, it's like a signature. That somebody who was writing that speech was like, and I'm going to rickroll her. <laughs> I mean, it, bad, bad, really bad. 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 And you'd bad. have the Terrible. sympathy of the nation because you have my sympathy because that's what I believe happened. I believe somebody knowingly did this to her. You don't knowingly take on a man's wife and ridicule her in front of the nation and the world no and not have sympathy. How... Are they not understanding that? How are they, I mean, unless they did it themselves. But that doesn't explain the Rickroll. No. Unless they're doing a joke on us. Or, I mean, never going, I mean, it's not, theoretically, it's impossible for her to take multiple paragraphs from Michelle Obama and repeat them almost verbatim. That's basically, I would say, completely impossible. Okay, hang on. It's not impossible that, he, that those two did lines back-to-back is just a coincidence. Did she say, never going to give you, he'll never give you up? He'll never give up, he'll never let you okay, down. Okay, so that is possible. I thought she said, never going to give you up. He'll never, ever give you up. But you can't say that. If you're rickrolling someone, you can't make it that obvious. Everyone right. will know it. But when you right. say, just never give up, he'll never let you down, Well, then that- I heard it. I heard the speech live and did not pick it up at the time. I mean, I, I, until, yeah. until this, I didn't even pick it up, but it stuck out to me as a weird line. He's never, ever going to let you down. It just right. it felt weird and like an overpromise. Well, but, you know, right. I it, think I, people feel let down. I, I can see that one being written by them. I, I, and that's how I took it was like it was an overstatement because I thought yes. of like, OK, you're talking about your husband. He'll never let you down. I mean, look, everybody lets every, someone down at some point. It's just one of those typical pieces of overstatement. Um, but you would expect it, it from a wife. Stand out, right. But it did stand out to me as a little odd at the time. And listening to it, the fact that the previous line was he's never going to give up. I'm never going to let you. He's never going to let you down. Is it's I mean, How did it go in a speech where there are other problems. It, it went a little something like this. He will never, ever give up. And most importantly, he will never, ever let you down. <laughs> I love that. I mean, if that was the only thing, if that was the only thing in the speech, I would say it was a coincidence. I would, I would agree. Yeah, yeah. But this, coupled with the other, which is absolutely no way a coincidence. No way that was just from her heart. Somebody put those words in front of her. She may have chosen those because she thought, okay, you know, wow, I really like that. I'm going to add that. And yet, Paul Manafort just won't. He won't give in. An example of when a woman threatens Hillary Clinton. Uh, how uh, she try, seeks out to demean her and, uh, and, uh, and take her down. It's not going to work. All I'm saying is the language is strikingly similar. I'm not making a big deal of it. I know everybody's no. talking about it this morning, but I don't think it's an allegation. It's not some ju- suggestion without proof. I think it happened. I don't know, understand why the campaign doesn't just own it and say people yeah, borrow phrases. Do. That's what happened and moved on. Right. That's what, ironically, right. Obama did in 2008 when Clinton said that he cribbed from Deval Patrick. He said, yeah, you're right. I did it. 
No, no I, he, he did do it. That's correct. Uh, uh, but in this particular case, but, you know, there was but a process, certainly of collaboration. She, uh, certainly, there's no no feeling by her on her part that she did it. Uh, you know, what she did was use words that are common words. Common words. Did you notice he did say one thing? It is her, in her estimation, she didn't do it. Right. I didn't notice that. Yeah, in oh, her right. estimation, so, she didn't do that. Someone else did that for her. She read it, didn't realize. I, I don't think she was like, I'm going to do that speech because it was such a good speech. And no, no, no. No, it There's was nothing about Melania that's bad here. Nothing about Donald Trump that's here, bad here. With I the mean, possible bad, exception of what Pat brought up, which is he always says he hires the best people, and it's questionable. Well, it's questionable because of this answer from Paul Manafort. Yeah. I mean, that's I mean, just that's the worst answer terrible. of all time. Terrible. I mean, you can make this you can make this go away by just going, you know what? Don't know what happened. We're looking into it. We looked at all kinds of speeches, and even Chris she Cuomo picked them. Says, she wrote them. Just own it and say you screwed right. up and move on. Easy. Make it go away. It's over. And it's a over. Day. And nobody, nobody's holding. Her out, no. you know, um, and nobody wants to ridicule her. Nobody that goes away, mm-hmm. but they're making this String it much along. worse. Yes. Chris Christie's answer to this was: Look, you know, people are obsessing over this. Ninety-three percent of the speech was different. It's like you know, you still probably need an explanation, but I mean, I, you blow it off. It's she is not a professional speaker. She's not presenting a platform. She is just saying some nice words about her husband, obviously somehow, either intentionally by a speechwriter or unintentionally through the writing process that's got put in there. And it's own it. Quite honestly, it is only a big deal because if this was Nancy Reagan's speech, okay, so she was looking at old speeches from first ladies. This is Barack Obama's wife. I mean, this is right. This is this is a big deal because you're not supposed to be an extension of Barack Obama. Right. And she goes back, and that's the one that happens to mirror. It's just, it's just not good any way around. I mean, it's just not good. By the way, uh, Corey Lewandowski, the former uh, head of the Trump campaign, is the coming CNN out. CNN contributor? Uh, yes, now CNN contributor is coming out and saying, um, if Manafort signed off on this Melania speech, he will do the right thing and resign. <laughs> revenge 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 oh, uh okay so kira yates uh Birkeland, she's <laughs> the woman that was at the rnc convention that uh was threatened listen to this she just posted this friends thanks for the kind words yes i was threatened so to speak i went into the bathroom and came out of my stall and there i was confronted by two women they yelled at me they called me names they said i should die They said the police should be pulled from the Utah delegation and that we should all die. They never touched me. They did not say they would kill me. They just said I should die. At first, it shook me. I came out of the bathroom crying, which is how people from Utah found out. The story spread. News crews caught me crying. I was just in shock, but I'm okay. Yesterday, while riding the bus downtown, one Democrat said to me, Oh, you're a young Republican. We should kill you all before you produce any offspring. It's just been a horrible two days. This behavior is horrible, but I won't let it get me down. Will, will she give, give us up? <laughs> I'll stay involved and keep fighting for what I believe. Our society really needs a change and to start treating people with respect and decency. And for the record, I'm not Never Trump. The roll call was never about Never Trump. It was about the National Republican Party showing transparency 
I believe a roll call would have helped unite the Republican Party, but the RNC doesn't seem to be a want, want to be a party for the people. This is bad. When you have women saying these kinds of things, we've lost our way as a society. I'm sorry, but I do hold women to a higher standard. I think they are the more gentler of the sexes. I, guys, are, guys are dogs that will just kind of, okay, I'll go this way. I mean, guys are generally just dogs that go around in a pack. Women, I do hold to a higher standard, or I have, a, I, I have higher expectations of them because I do think they are the fairer um, sex that are not the ones that jump into unreasonable uh, approaches to things first. They're the ones that are usually the ones that are holding us back going, honey, 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 slow down, stop. You're going to regret this. Don't say that. At least that's the way I think women are. I mean, that's, that's the perfect balance for me is my wife who stands behind me and is like, yeah, that one you probably shouldn't have said. That one you And she wouldn't say them. And when we're a culture where women are leading the charge on, you ought to die. You all ought to die. We're a culture that is grossly lost. Grossly lost. More in just uh, a second. Now this. It starts at the top, and then it works its way down. It's called trickle-down economics. You may not believe in it. Actually, I think you do. Liberals don't believe in it. But let me give you this. According to Town & Country Real Estate, total sales volume in East Hampton, Long Island. Oh, East Hampton. This is where all the rich New Yorkers spend their summers. The total sales volume has fallen 53% from a year ago, and the median sales price has fallen by 54%. A drop like this hasn't been observed in uh, uh, East Hampton, Long Island since just before the crash of 2008. I'm not shedding a tear for the people in the Hamptons, but this is an indication of what the economy is actually doing and what is coming. Man, I, I, could, I could spend... I, last night, I was talking to my wife because my son said, Dad, what do you think is going to happen in the next couple of years? And I said, son, you don't want to know. You won't sleep tonight. Go to bed. He knows who he's talking to, right? I know. And he asked for it. Um, But my wife and I talked about it last night. There is no crazy scenario that I think is too crazy. That in two years, because of terrorist activity, the country has gone so mad. We're we're, 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 um, rounding people up like we did the Japanese. Do you believe that could happen in two years with the right circumstances or the wrong circumstances that this country could go so insane that we round people up? You believe that, Jeffy? Do you yes. believe that, Pat? Mm-hmm. You believe that? Possible. Yeah, it's possible. I could have said that to you 10 years ago. That wouldn't have been possible. Everybody would have said, no way, we're not going to do that. Now, I believe that's possible. Is it possible that in the next two years, Europe, the European Union, folds and we are in full-fledged war and fascism in the, in the, in the European realm? Possible. Yes. Possible. Is it possible that we have an economic collapse 
and banking closures in the next two years. Possible. Mm -hmm. All of these are reasonable. The only thing that doesn't seem possible right now is that everything's going to be great. Right. Right. That seems like the only unrealistic possibility. Is it possible in the next two years things get so bad on the streets that we we declare martial law on the streets of America? I could see it. Possible. Mm -hmm. When those things are possible, and I believe leaning towards some of them probable, you better batten down the hatches. And I highly recommend that you call Goldline today. We're about to change again as a country. We're just how many days away from what I believe will be another fundamental transformation of the United States of America and possibly the world. Call Goldline right now, 866-465-3546. Ask them about their, uh, you know, their um, information and the risk information. Ask them about their legal tender units. It's an easy way to break gold up and to, and to carry it and to have it with you and to break it up among family members and to do barter with it. Call 866-GOLDLINE. Do it now. 866-GOLDLINE or goldline.com. The fusion of entertainment and enlightenment. This. This. Is the Glenn Beck Program. Mercury. Program. 888-727-BECK. Welcome to the program. Glad you're here today. Sheriff David Clark um, had, a, had a few good um, uh, moments last night. By the way, he's a member of the Blaze radio team. You can hear uh, Sheriff David, uh, David Clark on the Blaze radio. That's blaze.com slash radio. Um, go, cut 203. Here he is last night at Blue Lives. Ladies and gentlemen, I would like to make something very clear. Blue Lives Matter in America. tonight with a heavy heart as the law enforcement community prepares to bury three of Baton Rouge, Louisiana's finest. But there is some good news out of Baltimore, Maryland, as Lieutenant Brian Rice was acquitted on all charges. And the malicious prosecution of activist state's attorney, Marilyn Mosby. Now I want to talk to you about something important 
Indeed, a concept that five law enforcement officers were murdered and nine more were wounded for earlier this month and for which three more were murdered two days ago in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. And that is the importance of making America safe again. That is uh, Sheriff David Clark, Cleveland, last night. More in a minute. program. Hello, America, and welcome. So glad that you are uh, here. Uh, let me let me go through a couple of moments that you should have seen, and we also have to play the Farrakhan audio from yesterday. Let me start here. Mercury One started a Blue Lives Matter um, uh, fund, and this is for the families of all of the police officers that are being gunned down. Uh, yesterday, I think we were at one hundred and thirty or one hundred and fifty thousand um, dollars, and that will go to the families of the Dallas police officers. Um, we would like to continue this, take care of the families of the Baton Rouge police officers. If you would like to donate, these guys are absolute heroes. Um, especially when you hear when you hear what the Baton Rouge police officer wrote two weeks ago on Facebook, where he's like. I love this city, and I, I know I'm getting a lot of hate from people, but, you know, we all have to come together and don't let your heart be, be infected with hate. They're amazing people. Now, we have bad cops. I'm sure we have bad cops. We have bad people in all walks of life. Um, but uh, those who are being assassinated, let's, let's rally around them and take care of their families. If you would like to make a donation, you can go to mercuryone.org, mercuryone.org. Uh, 100% of the proceeds will go to the families. So nobody's taking a penny off of this. 100% go to the families, and uh, you can make that donation at mercuryone.org. Unfortunately, I think we have many more families that we are going to be taking care of before the end of the year. Um, Let me go to uh, Don Lemon, Sheriff David Clark, um, a black sheriff from Milwaukee. Great guy. He's part of the Blaze family, Blaze Radio. And Don Lemon, uh, they went head-to-head, and apparently they have kind of a, a sparky relationship. It definitely, well, this, you know, Don tried to keep it low-key, and Sheriff Clark is anything but that. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and it's a big difference. When you watch uh, the video, a lot of times these TV shows, we see it, you do it here all the time on satellite, so you're not on set. Sheriff Clark is sitting right next to Don Lemon. Yeah. And, I mean, it's a big difference talking to somebody eye-to-eye, face-to-face, especially him. Mm-hmm. Because uh, he's a pretty intense man. And so here's what happened. Listen how this almost sounds like it's off air. Um, it's so contentious from the very beginning. It almost sounds like they're just kind of doing other things, but they're not. 
Listen to this. I spoke to uh, the heads of the sheriff department, the police department, and uh, the state police down there, and they told us how their hearts were reeling. Their message is peace and coming together in the country. What's your message? <laughs> you don't believe that for one minute, do you? That their message is? Yeah. Uh, that's what they said to me. Okay. Yeah, believe them. Of Any protests them over the deaths of these cops today in Baton Rouge? I don't know that. I don't know that. Any riots or protests over the uh, uh, police officers in Dallas, Texas? What are you asking? It's a pretty simple question. I asked you if what's your message to the people, their message is one of peace. What is your message? My message has been clear from day one two years ago. This anti-cop sentiment from this hateful ideology called Black Lives Matter has fueled this rage against the American police officer. I predicted this two years ago. So do what you, I, what, do what you I know want to know, sure? okay, Sharon, do I want to know? With all due respect, do you know that this was because of that? Do we yes, I do. As a law enforcement officer? I've been watching this for two years. I predicted yes, I this. Do. This anti-police rhetoric sweeping the country yeah. has turned out <laughs> yeah. some hateful things inside of people that are now playing themselves out on the American police officer. I want to know, with all of the black-on-black -black violence in the United States of America, by the way, when the tragedies happened in Louisiana and Minnesota, was there black, any reporting on that? a black officer who was killed today. But let, let's, was let's, there any reporting on Sheriff, that? Sheriff, please, let's just, keep, let's just keep the volume down here. So I understand. And it's I, not out of control. I'm, I'm looking at three dead cops off, this week, Sheriff, and I'm looking just, at five last year. Please. You're trying to tell me to keep it down? Just please. If you will just please. We can keep it civil. And then he goes to break. Wow. I mean, it was civil. See, he that's what I mean. Face-to-face, eye-to-eye, sitting right wow. next to you. Don's trying to, okay, we just got to keep it civil. Just calm down. Uh, I thought it was a bad moment. For well, okay, so let's, here's why uh, the good sheriff could have predicted this years ago, um, because we all know where it started. Quick, when did the anti-cop stuff start? When, who started it? Ferguson. When did it start? Oh, no. Black Lives Matter, no. Ferguson, hands up, oh. don't shoot stuff. No. Uh, where they're under cops no, 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 no. When did it start? When did, it, when did this wave? Trayvon? We would think so. We, we talked about this. We all agree. You're just not thinking about it. Police acted stupidly. Oh. It started oh, in the right. very first yeah. press conference of Barack Obama. Um, there's a new book uh, that I've put out, and it comes out at the 1st of August. Grab your copy now. Um, it's uh, Liars. How Progressives Exploit Our Fears for Power and Control. This is a really important book. The, the, I'm... Uh, I, I, you know, I've told you before, I, I'm, I'm going to write certain books um, uh, now uh, and, and, you know, before, before I age out and I'm 90 years old and drop dead, there's a few books that I want to write. And progressives have been one of them because somebody needs to set the record straight. This is a book that needs to be in your library. We've written a lot of really good books, um, a lot of good information but this information must be preserved. It's different, too, because there's really fascinating stories about these progressives and the background on them and how maybe they developed into progressives right. that we haven't heard before. You've the, never idea, heard the idea behind this is um, why are they doing this? What's driving them to do this? But it starts basically with cavemen. It starts with 
where, what, is, what is in us that makes us believe these things? And so we're trying to explain it because the second half is, okay, so what do you do? How do you stop a, a group of people from buying into these lies over and over and over again? And that is what we have to solve. In this, on this is uh, page 212, let me see what chapter it is. It doesn't matter. It's uh, in one of the chapters on page 200, uh, 212, the truth. And we're talking about how the, the second inaugural address, uh, you know, the president was talking about the Constitution. Obama went on to talk about the founders' lack of concern for African Americans. But soon it became clear he was not just confining his criticism to simply the historic pre-Civil War Constitution. I think we could say the Constitution reflected an enormous blind spot in this culture that carries on until this day, that the framers had the same blind spot. I don't think the two views are contradictory. To say that there was a remarkable political document that paved the way for where we are now, and to say that it also reflected the fundamental flaw of this country that continues to this day. So what is that fundamental flaw? The president never explained. But what is clear, he thinks there are problems with the Constitution. Play, let me see if I can find the right cut. Play Hillary Clinton because she talked about it, the same thing. Here it is, cut 241. This is yesterday, Hillary Clinton following in those footsteps at the NAACP yesterday. requires contributions from us all, especially, especially those of us who haven't experienced it ourselves. Now, now. I've been saying this for a while now. Have you? I'm going to keep saying it because okay. I think it's important. All right, go ahead. We white Americans need to do a better job of listening when African-Americans talk about the seen and unseen barriers you face every day. Okay. She goes on here. Now, I have no... If you listen to this speech, I'm cutting it short because I'm running out of time. I'm listening to this. If it was from any other messenger or a messenger that wasn't a progressive or trying to manipulate situations, I'd be okay. Except for the white privilege nonsense. Well... She gets into that. She does get into that. But what she just said there is, we all need to listen to each other a little better. And I don't think, there's not a problem. What is the harm in listening to one We another? all, or does she just say white She says just people? white people, but I think we all should. Um, okay, so we all need to listen to each other a little better. There's no problem with that. But this is, again, saying what the president said, mm-hmm. as we outline in the book, there's a fundamental flaw in America. And it came from the founders being white. The founders having this white bias. And it's never going to heal. Well, that's a lie. And that is being used to tear us apart. And let me go now to something else that everyone has turned a blind eye to. The president opened the door for radicals to be taken seriously. First, uh, first, the police acted stupidly. Then we dismissed the Black Panthers and their their ballot uh, box uh, shenanigans in, where was it, Pennsylvania or Maryland, where they were threatening people at the ballot box. Remember that? Yeah. And the Justice Department said, we're not even going to look into it. Then the ignoring over and over and over again of anti-cop, anti-white rhetoric 
by this administration. They have ignored everything that um, uh, Louis Farrakhan has said. And he has said a lot over the last four to eight years. A lot. In the last couple of years, he has set the stage for radical Islam, his view of Islam, to cause trouble, black and white, and start a race war. And no one is paying attention. By the way, Baton Rouge, was this Black Lives Matter? Or was this the Nation of Islam? Dallas, was that the Nation of Islam? Or was that Black Lives Matter? Listen to the leader of the Nation of Islam. So if the federal government will not intercede in our affairs, then we must rise up and kill those who kill us. Stop them and kill them and let them feel the pain of death. So now the press has spent eight years mocking people like in the Tea Party saying we're violent saying that Sarah Palin saying that we're going to target this uh, particular district is rhetoric that will lead people to violence. But this is ignored? This is ignored? This is not addressed? This poison that is being dumped into the system? What else do you have, Pat? Uh, plenty. We, we've played this many times. I hate white people. All of them. Black Panthers. Every last iota of a cracker, I hate him. Black Panthers. We didn't come out here to play today. There's too much serious business going on in the black community. Last to night, Malik Shabazz was on with Megyn Kelly. The last time. And he was denying that any of those things have been said by the Black Panthers or by him. Oh, my gosh. Over and over, over and over and over, over again. We, and we know it. Over. And we know it. Uh, the hatred from, from that guy is pretty apparent. As I told you, I love white on white crime because that is the best crime. And we're going to say black power to that. You understand what I mean? I love black people, and I hate the damn white man. Woman and child. Grandma, aunt, uncle, Papa Billy Bob, and whoever else. Redneck Tom and Blue Neck Robert and whoever else we want to name. I hate the white man. I hate the very look of white people. I hate the sound of white people. I mean, I hate the smell of white people. Yeah. Wow. I mean, on and on and on and on. You, that you goes on just for five minutes. What it Unbelievable. means. Unbelievable. Uh, we've, we've, got, got we've got tons of that. Black Panthers, Black Panthers and Nation of Islam. And Farrakhan. And, and where, where is the president? Where is the media? The president, as I point out in the book, Liars is whipping up the progressive lie for unrest in the streets. Fundamental transformation come hook or by crook. Please pick up the new book, Liars. It's available uh, in bookstores on August 2nd, but you can order your copy now at glenbeck.com slash books or uh, you know, Amazon or, or wherever books are sold online. Order it now, Liars. My Patriot Supply, with faith, family, preparedness, we can survive anything. We were talking um, just a, a, about half an hour ago of the possible things that could happen to us. Financial collapse, absolutely possible in the next two years. Um, martial law, absolutely possible in the next... Can you imagine martial law? Can you imagine what that even means? 
How would your life change? Martial law, possible in the next two years. Um, uh, ISIS, horrible terrorist attacks, where we get to the point where we're rounding people up and putting them in camps like we did with the Japanese. I believe it's possible in the next two years. You don't have any idea what we're headed for. Neither do I. Be prepared. Take care of your family. Now, for $99, they'll send you a four-week food supply for one person. Breakfast, lunch, dinner, everything you need for a month for $99. Prepare and save a ton of money. This is over 50% off. Call 800-200-7163. 800-200-7163. Or preparewithglenn.com. Go to preparewithglenn.com. In his new book, Liars, Glenn Beck takes on some of the most pervasive lies and destroys the false promises of progressivism by taking you through its history. Get the truth in Liars, the new book by Glenn Beck. Available August 2nd. Pre-order now at glennbeck.com slash liars. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Mercury. <laughs> 8727BCK. No way. <laughs> There's some, well, I wouldn't have Malik Shabazz here. We were, we were just talking about um, Charles Barkley is great on what's happening right now. On this now. issue, he's awesome. He's awesome. Awesome. Because he, you know, he's, in, he's saying there are bad cops. Yes, but most of them are good. And maybe black people could do better with right. the cops. And he's saying white people need to do better. Black people, people need, need to, to do, do better. better. I can go along with that. That's, I can accept yes. that. We all have to do better. Yes. yes. And do I that. Agree I agree with that. But uh, Malik Shabazz, in case you missed it, on the Megan, uh, the Kelly file last night, Megan Kelly. Woo! Well, he lied too. Oh, he's a liar! Delusional. What a liar! Delusional. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Mercury. 